Hi and welcome to the next in our series of industrial podcasts. My name is Mark Yields. I'm the VP of Industrial Automation here at Schneider Electric. And in today's podcast, we're going to be exploring uh, the topic of sustainability and what it means to our manufacturing sectors here in the UK and Ireland. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Toby Crew, who is our principal consultant working with our key clients and clients around the globe. So good morning, Toby. Good morning, Mark. Nice to see you. And yeah, let's kick things off with the first question. And um, Toby, why should people bother? What are the main benefits of implementing a sustainability strategy? Yeah, so I think I think one of the areas that we should consider here is it's all about um, mitigation of risk. Um, and I think that uh, risk is something that's uh, quite uh, quite a trigger for companies to take action. So I think if we look at it in terms of sort of physical risk, so if you're talking about organizations who've got you know a, a very sort of long uh, supply chain you know the risk of climate change what's that going to do to your supply chain but also then there's the risk of uh, the transition that's coming and we're seeing some of that that came out of uh, the likes of cop but it's been going for some time with governance governments making policy changes so how do you transition um i think then the positive out of that is what are the commercial benefits that you can take so we're seeing more and more organizations who are getting better access to finance and capital um, and it's also a possibility to enhance your brand so if you're looking at it from the sort of the risk and then the reward um, i think that's the the sort of core part of a sustainability strategy great and and with the customers that we speak to today what, what would your guidance be for those that maybe are just thinking about embarking on that journey what what should that look like and how do they start? I guess this is quite a complex topic. Yeah, I think I think probably the first point is taking a deep sort of a, a sort of a turning the lens on yourself and having an honest appraisal of where you are now. Um, I think I think we've all got to the point where we understand that greenwashing isn't the way to go. So if we take the positive out of that, which is have a look at where you are now, what sort of targets have uh, you, you you set? Are they aligned to climate science? You know, I think before we came into the end of sort of 2020, there were lots of people sort of using 2020, 20% by the end of 2020, because it sounded nice. I think now you've got to align those targets to a much more scientific approach so that you're really addressing scope one, two, and three. So where are you now? And then being able to build out a sort of a comprehensive roadmap. Um, I think we see a lot of challenge with our customers that have a, have a roadmap that is by 2030, we will do X but what are the building blocks you need to have to get there? So that's dealing with things like efficiency programs, that's dealing with uh, implementing renewable energy and, and some of the procurement strategy you have. It's looking at working with your suppliers. So it's very, very broad, but I think it's making sure that it's, it's in those building blocks to make it sort of tangible. And you can then do those check-ins as you go along towards your ultimate target. But start by looking at where are you now and, and be honest with yourself. So, so really baseline your strategy and be completely transparent with your yourself and your team to then be able to move forward with, with building the program or the strategy to go and address. Absolutely, yeah. Great. And have you got any practical examples where you could share with our listeners on how they might get started and what the steps might look like along that way? Yeah. Um, so I think that um, at the core of all these things, I think the first thing to consider uh, is data. Um, so data is key to everything. Um, and... <laughs> No matter how many times we say that and we talk with our with our customers and, and indeed looking at ourselves sometimes, um, data isn't always in one single place. It's very difficult to get hold of. So once you get the data sorted to a point where um, it's sort of auditable, traceable, it's valid, then you can set that baseline. And it's important to set that baseline at, at a realistic year. 
So that might be a refresh uh, for some organisations. They may have had a baseline set in 2013. Clearly, that needs to be updated to sort of maybe 2019, maybe even 2020, depending on the data availability. And then really understanding the, the, the reporting frameworks that you have against the various different greenhouse gas emissions. So are you looking at purely carbon or are you looking at the sort of broader greenhouse gas emissions? So really sort of understanding that sort of base point uh, and understanding what your footprint is. And, and are you then making that footprint against, against your sort of scope one, your own operations, your footprint against scope two, the, the tending to be around the electricity you're procuring, or, or are you trying to go down scope three? Um, and to really understand that will then help you think about what target is going to be valid. So are you going to set purely a renewable target? Um, are you going to set a science-based target? Are you going to take a target to work with your suppliers? So starting and understanding the data is key to be able to build out your program um, in the sort of in the future. Great. And, and some really good insight there, Toby. I'm just thinking like and also, you know, what, what have we seen as best practice in how how organizations set themselves up to be successful in any implementation? Is there some guidance and experience you could share with our listeners here? Yeah, I think I think best practice is is there's a whole raft of of different things you can you can sign up to, for example. So um, I think some of the things to maybe consider are um, so RE100, so moving towards being a renewable energy uh, company, 100% uh, procurement of green energy. Um, we've got the other hundreds, so there's EV, electric vehicles. We've got EP around the sort of productivity and improving uh, improving performance. Um, I think really uh, best practice is where there's, there's bold ambition. Um, so it, it's it, it's best practice is usually is usually seen where those companies who are perhaps pushing the boundaries a little bit. Um, by way of an example, I think if I go back to the access to finance point, I think we're seeing people moving away from just reporting on uh, on sort of emissions against their energy bill, but rather looking at different uh, different emissions from things like waste, uh, from you know water consumption. You know, water often seen to be a a cheap resource, but obviously so vital. And water is starting to grow as something that we need to conserve and protect because of you know the extremes that we're seeing in the climate. So I think when best practice grows because people are starting to look at things much more broadly, um, and that's where that's where you see that ambition. So sorry to the finance point. I think we're moving, um, finance seems to be moving away from supporting fossil fuels. It, it's much more looking at supporting sort of the green transition, sustainability practices. So, so it, where you see organizations saying, we're not just reporting on energy, we're looking at things like at the environment, the social and the governance factors, which actually gives the, the overall company a much better uh, position. So if you're looking to sort of invest in a company or sell it, that those adding in those extra pieces beyond just energy is, is really where I see things around best practice. Great. Thanks, Toby. And I guess one of the other questions that I really had, I'm really interested in is, is how do how do organisations set themselves up to be successful on this topic? What kind of roles, what kind of functions either need to be an integral part of project or the project team or have an important role to play in the overall strategy? Yeah, I think I think the uh, we're seeing a real shift um, and that and that's positive from from adding sustainability into sort of the back end of somebody else's job. I mean, typically you saw that was put at the end of someone who's doing health and safety and they got environment. Um, I think that shift has happened and you're seeing roles like chief sustainability officers uh, or you've got roles around and there's a clear governance structure there may be a sustainability board within an organization that ultimately re reports up into the sort of the executive um, suite so i think once it's got that sort of top-down advocacy uh, and that's really really important because without that 
lots of people can try and do lots of different projects, but but it's very difficult to get them off the ground. It's particularly supported from any sort of financial uh, angle. So um, once you've got the advocacy, that's great, but then you need to have the sort of the doers. So it's very much a top down and bottom up approach. So um, a lot of the programs we see that are sort of successful have that sort of go and make it happen from the executive and at the site level, there's some real programs of implementation put forward. There's money being spent to totally decarbonize um, the, the operations. And I think you're starting to see in those some of those organizations moving to um, things like, you know, how do we do, how do we make green steel with hydrogen? How do we use different fuels to in some of these heavy emission industries like cement, like mining? What it what is it that we can do? So really trying to sort of challenge uh, challenge it. But without that advocacy, it's very difficult to make any of those things happen. Very interesting, Toby. Thank you for sharing here. So, um, you know, I think of some of our bigger companies, and maybe to your point, we have chief sustainability officers. But of course, we have a whole breadth of different industries and different size of industries here in the UK and Ireland. Um, what, what would what would we be saying to maybe a smaller medium enterprise who wants to, you know, they want to be part of this, they want to have a contribution uh, to our planet? Well, what, what what would be our guidance in that space? Yeah, I think I think it still still holds true. Um, you know, the greater ambition. I think it's it's probably just thinking about it in a in perhaps a more bite sized way. I still think you know whatever enterprise you are. It might be even easier to get hold of your data if you're a smaller organization with, you know, a head office some distribution centers, a couple of factories, it should be easier to get hold of it. it things like when you're looking at sort of scope three um, with employees, um, business travel, commuting and so on. If the numbers not so, is of people is smaller and sites are smaller, I would hope it is easier to get the information on. I say hope because it's not always the case. Um, I think then you do need to do a similar sort of thing with the where are you now? And it may be then just making more, the, some more practical steps. So rather than having a sort of a multi-million pound capex program, it's thinking around sort of more optimization. I think you know some of the easy wins about potentially about renewables. You could potentially go to your um, energy supplier and say, look, how do we transition from buying brown to green? Can we look at things maybe like tariff optimization, or can we look at sort of buying green certificates? So if you're in the UK, geos, how do you do that? But, but as you build these things out, you need to be mindful about the sort of the future next steps and constantly evolving. So, you know, as things like, you know, buying green energy certificates is fine. Um, that, that, that's something everyone's going to be doing, whether you're a small organization or medium or large organization. So you need to think about well, what happens if they go up in price or the availability isn't, isn't there. So it, it's following a similar trajectory about building those blocks and, and taking the piece, you know, taking bit, bits of it along the journey. So it's just it's just a perhaps a slightly less expensive, if you like, program, because I think that's always the problem, isn't it, Mark, with companies saying, well, it's fine if you're a great big organization, you've got endless pots of cash and we don't. I think a lot of those things can be done at a lower cost. You're not talking about wholesale replacement of, of, of kit necessarily. You need to sort of take those sort of little steps, which maybe then shows your you know, even in a smaller company, the executive committee, that actually the next step is to do some sort of improvement at your factories, improvement at your plant. Maybe that, you know, there's an opportunity to look at um, electric vehicles, you know, maybe the smaller vans rather than the whole wholesale changes to logistics fleet. So it's just thinking about the bite-sized ways, ways of doing it, I think. Excellent. Excellent. So there, there, there's, a, there's an opportunity for all of us to uh, contribute in this space. Great. Um, just thinking about the more recent COP26 now, Toby, we'll move on one pace, but um, 
Uh, what do you think that's told us about the world's commitment to saving our planet? What what, what do those couple of weeks really mean? Yeah, I think I think there was some there were some positives, um, but I always wonder about these great big forums and how much how much action will take. So I think there were some positives. Um, I think it was great to see the some of the collective action um, and the signatories against um, some of the some of the commitments that came out of it. Um, but I think just ultimately for me, it's not soon enough. Um, there's not enough challenge. Um, I think for some of the large, the large emitters, be it sort of countries or organizations that, you know, how do they ramp up faster? You know, 2030 might, it might seem quite close, but you heard some commitments around 2050, even 2070 for some of the net zero, you know, is that really going to happen? It's, it's so far away. So I think the challenge really, and it's the challenge I sometimes put to the customers that we talk to is how do you move your, your ultimate target from 2050 to 2040 and if you can move it to 2040 why not 2035 so action is action quicker I think is the thing that came out of it for me there are a few things that um, again positives you know the the thousand cities in the race to zero that was great to see um, I think there's the move to uh, zero emission vehicles by 2040 globally I think 2035 by uh, for some of the more leading markets so again that's great to see and we've seen quite a lot of press about that and that's what we're obviously doing at, you know at schneider we're moving to zero emission vehicles pretty soon um disappointed to see coal being sort of phased out not stopped um disappointing to see that deforestation sort of not happening soon enough you know and reversing some of those elements so it, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag i think the overall take for me is it wasn't it's not enough commitment soon enough and i don't think it's ambitious enough what, what would you like to have seen? What, what were the couple of, you know, maybe two or three points there that you think, actually, I think that would have made a difference or somebody saying something would have made the world stand up and think, right, now we're off. Yeah, I, I think I think it's if there'd been an absolute commitment, you know, take coal as an example. We are going to be out of coal by a date. Um, the words like phase out allow people to sort of interpret it in, in, in sort of loose ways, don't they? They can they can sort of say, well, we are phasing it out. So if you you're phase out and, the, and it allows you potentially to spin, well, actually, we're getting out of sort of thermal coal, um, but we're still going to mine for sort of coal for making steel. Yeah, it, it, it allows you to sort of make your emissions come down, but it, it doesn't really allow you to sort of say that we're, we're making a wholesale change. So. I think it's it's the absolute commitments that weren't made, which was a bit of a mess for me. Interesting, interesting, and and of course, if we if we think about so you know our hometown now, so Schneider Electric, what what is our pledge? What what are we committing to at Schneider that we could share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I think it's probably in line with what I've been talking about a little bit, unsurprisingly. Um, so Schneider's sort of prayer pledge is that by twenty twenty five, we'll be carbon neutral in our operations. Um, and that will include some offsets. Um, I think offsetting is, is a very contentious point. Um, clearly, if offsetting is your only strategy, it, it's greenwashing. I think offsetting, if it's part of your strategy or even a bridge to achieving sort of net zero, I, I, think, it's, I think it's relevant. And I think it's valid. Um, important with offsets that they are not double counted. They fulfill criteria around additionality and you're not simply going out to buy an existing piece of woodland. So it's important to sort of qualify and make sure the offsets are of the right standard. So that's 2025. Um, 2030, uh, net zero in our operations with no offsets. Um, 2040, we're working more with our sort of supply chain. So that's end-to-end uh, -end carbon uh, neutrality again with offsets. And by 2050, net zero um, supply chain uh, with no offsets. So it, as, I, as I was talking about earlier, it has clearly got those steps along the way that you can check in 
uh, and see how you're doing and track your performance to those sort of individual five-year targets. And, and we're, uh, we're also investing here in the UK, right, Toby, just on some of our buildings and some of our facilities to, to make them carbon net zero. So we, we're currently undertaking a bit of a programme and assessment and actually doing exactly what you were saying and we've been speaking to our customers about as well ourselves so so we're excited to see what that could bring us yeah yeah i mean i think i think the the, the things that we're seeing that we're seeing in sort of the broad broad schneider approach is is aligned to some of the things i mentioned earlier about sort of you know we've got to take a view on how you build out a renewables program you know and installing sort of solar and looking at wind and, and buying green uh, we've got to look about the way that we we conduct our own operations and how do we how do we sort of make use use less and, and produce more. Um, I, I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in things around the sort of the green premium of some of our projects and, and, and products, sorry, and, and the circularity elements. So, you know, rather than just being able to sort of you know refit something and throw it away, you can break it back into its component parts and extract some of the precious metals, recycle the packaging, reuse some of the plastics, and so on. So, I think that's that's a real that's a real positive that we're seeing, and it's creating it creates new revenue streams, and it's it's not all about just being philanthropic. It's actually about you know applying and bringing in some commercial value. But in some cases, for me, it's just about doing the right thing. So. Moving to electric vehicles is clearly a, a, a great step forward and, 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 and valuable for all. Interesting to see how you know we build out and align up with the sort of the UK infrastructure to make sure that you know we can we can all charge our cars at, at our sites and we can actually you know get around. But you know we've got to take on some of these challenges. Uh, it, it's just what we need to do. Yeah, great. And, um, and 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 no better example probably Toby than our own factories globally, where we've spent quite a bit of time and investment in making sure that we are, I guess, drinking our own champagne to a point, but but also delivering on our own targets in our own factories. And, and I think we've, you know, f- from a holistic point of view, you know, we're, we're saving ourselves somewhere between 20, 22 percent on um, on our overall spend on energy globally in our own factories. So, yeah, but I think we're to your point. I think we're on the curve. We'll just uh, carry on and keep accelerating in the next few years so we hit our targets yeah and i think and i think as we're as we're as you say mark we're on the same trajectory as some of our customers um you know the shared learnings along the way you know we we're experiencing some of the pain and the pitfalls that that they are um and you know and, and it helps that we possibly are a from a credibility point of view we're going through it too but also there's some learnings we can we can share as well you know what did you do when how did you do if <laughs> how do you work with you know, we've got our total zero carbon project working with a thousand suppliers. How do you engage with with that breadth of suppliers? What does that supply chain program look like that everybody's sort of in it together rather than it's being done to them? Because clearly it is in it together because their scope one and two is our scope three. So if we get it right, we all we all benefit. Fascinating insight, Toby. Um, I, I'm afraid we, we've run out of time this morning to talk any more on this topic, but um, some really good insights there for, for all to see. I think we've we've covered you know, the implementation of a strategy, how do you start, who should be involved, is there some scale in there as well for maybe the smaller or the larger corporations, and we've also discussed what COP26 did and maybe what it probably didn't do this time around, so uh, fascinating points, and we also shared with our listeners some of the projects, some of the work that we're undertaking ourselves to demonstrate that we are the number one sustainability company in the world as, as, uh, as nominated by Corporate Knights, so Thank you for joining me this morning, Toby. Pleasure. And um, thank you for listening. And we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Thank you very much. Mm